Hi, you're listening to The Anatomy of Nursing School, a podcast focused on bridging the gap between pre-nursing and nursing school students, finding your most mentally healthy self, and providing tips and tricks for your academic life. I'm Carly Clayton, and this episode will feature a discussion on coping with clinical and test anxiety. Hello, listeners. I am Michaela, and our guests today are SNA Executive Board Vice President Brittany Reed and UAB School of Nursing Assistant Professor Dr. Carmi Johnson. So, um, whoever wants to go first, just tell us a little about yourself and your role here at UAB. Um, well, my name's Brittany, of course. Uh, I'm just a student here at the SON. I'm in fifth semester. Um, I got into SNA probably around this time last year, and you know I ran for vice president and I got it. <laughs> and I've just been pretty active around the school of nursing, and I try to help out where I can. Um, yeah, and that's pretty much it. Um, I'm Dr. Carmi Johnson. I teach primarily in the undergrad program, more specifically probably in the AMNP program, but I have taught for years in the BSN program too. I teach psych mental health nursing. I am a psych nurse practitioner. So I have two faculty practices through the School of Nursing. One is at the PATH Clinic where I help with behavioral health integration um, for people with chronic diseases, specifically diabetes. And then the other one is I am the wellness coach for the Nurse Family Partnership of Central Alabama, helping first time moms um, or expectant mothers with some of their wellness issues. We very specifically decided not to say that I was the psych nurse or the psych nurse practitioner because we really do want to make it a holistic approach and not just focused on peripartum depression, but anything that can help mothers and babies bond um, and create, again, functional adults. I always say for years, I'm like, even though people are like, oh, you're a psych nurse, I always think too that, you know, I'm a bit of a women's health nurse because, and I think everybody should be, because when I look at what makes healthy adults, healthy adults come from healthy children and healthy children, all of our research says they come from healthy moms. That's who kind of raises them. Um, So if we can kind of start with moms, then we can make healthy adults and that's the general population. So that was a very long answer for kind of my role here at the School of Nursing. Thank you for answering guys. Um, my first question is for Dr. Johnson. Coming from your from your own teaching perspective, and how can students better prepare for clinicals? So you know, I have been involved with clinicals with psych mental health, and people are always just like excited and also very very scared to go to psych clinical. Um, I think that that's a set of skills that people don't immediately correlate with nursing. But I will say that uh, it's hugely important. I tell students all the time, I'm like, this may be your most important class or clinical, because what we focus on is therapeutic communication. Um, I know that people love start doing skills and starting IVs and doing all these things. And I'm like, and that's awesome. And, And those are fun because in some ways, maybe there's an immediate gratification, but what will save you when you don't know? And nobody knows everything and not especially right after graduation. The thing that will save you and make people um, grant you some grace is your therapeutic communication. If they can tell like, hey, I'm a new grad or I've only been doing this for a year or two and I honestly don't know very much, but I really am here to help you as best I can. And if I don't know the answer, I'll find it. But so conveying that I think, again, will we'll help you in the first stages of your career and, and through every stage of your career. So how do I think people prepare for clinicals? I think in general, and this, this goes for your med surge, for your adult, every clinical, come prepared. I know students kind of just like, oh, maybe I'm just going to waltz in and it'll work out. I'm like, it won't. Um, what, what I want to see as a clinical instructor is I, again, don't want you to be perfect per se. I understand I'm working on your development, but if you don't come with some hard work and some intentionality, you know, if it's like, you know, yes, I know this, I know this, I know this. And I'm like, okay, but you didn't know this one thing. I'm like, yeah, but okay. But they knew all this other stuff and I can tell they put in work. All right. We'll get you to the end. But if I kind of, if you haven't decided to come prepared, 
that kind of tells me, oh, this is going to be a longer haul for you. So I would say, come prepared, read the chapters beforehand, like be whatever unit you're assigned to, know the big things you might see. I think that's hugely important um, going into clinical. I think that clinical is a great opportunity to put a face with a condition that you just read about up until this point. Um, I think it's, you know, when you hear these terms, you don't know what they really mean. And now you can be like, I had a patient that had that, and this is what happened. So it really is another layer of your education. I think it's a great opportunity, again, to practice things, not just the skills of starting IVs, all that stuff, but getting in there and communicating with patients, because that's going to be the hardest part, is the anxiety we feel about when we're working on people. Um, but that getting a handle on that anxiety. And I think that's, it's just a great opportunity to safely have a safety net and work on those things. I couldn't agree more. I am in my site clinical right now. I'm a second semester BSN student. And the first thing our teacher told us was, do not bring your stethoscopes. Don't bring all your tools with you. Your tool is yourself and you have to develop that relationship with your patients in order to be successful. So I thought that was really interesting that you brought that up. I think um, one of the biggest things I, I took out of that answer was come with intentionality. Um, as a pre-nursing major, I'm not there yet. And so I do like to know what to do before I get there, you know, and I think that's a huge thing to remember. Um, come with purpose. No, remember your why. Why do you want to be a nurse? Why do you want to practice this? Why do you want to learn this? So I think that's going to be a huge thing for um, future nursing students. Remember what your why is know why you're there, not because you have to be there because you have to do this in order to get the degree. So thank you. Okay, we're going to move on to our second question. So as you were saying, and you kind of already touched on this already, we all know in order to be an effective nurse, you need to establish that solid nurse-patient relationship. So what is the best piece of advice you can give for those who want to better their nurse-patient relationship? Oh, goodness. Um, that's a large question for the entirety of my course, almost. I mean, that takes a long time. But I will say, um, one of the things that I always remember, and I think has been helpful for me, not just as a nurse, but as a human, and, and I love the mother of psychiatric nursing. Her name is Hildegard Peplau. And she's the person who kind of formulated the idea of the nurse-patient relationship. And what she, I, one of the things that she kind of said within it, I thought was so cool was, by virtue of you being a better nurse and working towards that, you become a better person. And so I will say that that has been helpful for me. And what it taught me, the kind of the best skill or, or one of the best skills, piece of advice is that the idea of distress, that's what we're looking at. And, and distress and therefore in some ways empathy. I don't have to know what's stressing you out. I don't have to, I don't have to be able to see your distress. I don't even have to agree with your distress, right? I don't have to have that same experience or understand its, its value, but I can be able to as a nurse, and therefore in some ways, once I take that in as a human being say, I may not come from that same place, but I can see this is affecting this person. And therefore I need to be empathetic about that. Um, the other thing is with that nurse-patient relationship, a couple of nuggets that I've learned over the years with students and just as a nurse too, I never thought when I was a, a student that silence was going to work when they're just like, and just be silent. I'm like, that's not, you got to interject something or you got to problem solve or you got to educate. And I think the idea of therapeutic use of self being able to just sit with a patient, be open with, and, and right now with the pandemic and, and having to social distance, we can feel that. We can feel that even though we are able to still communicate with people, we have wonderful technology to keep us connected. The idea of a physical presence, even if it's silent, just sitting in a patient's room with them, while they cry or why they, while they process something that doesn't have an easy answer. And you just being there and a witness to that, to their distress. And, uh, and as a person who, again, acknowledges that and validates that for them, 
I think that to me, that is the key, one of the huge keys to the nurse patient relationship. Uh, thank you for your perspective on that. One thing that I wrote down was have sympathy and empathy when you can, um, you know, that helping in your, your nurse patient relationship, as well as um, a therapeutic use of self. Um, I thought that was really inspiring. And just to, you know, use yourself, as Carly was saying, you know, use use yourself as a tool. Don't forget that you as a nurse are a tool other than, you know, your stethoscope, your stethoscope and your blood pressure cuff and all the things that you use on a daily basis, you know, to remember that you yourself as a nurse are a tool as well. Um, did anyone else have any comments on that? Can I just also say that like as the nurse, um, because we're with the patient for so many hours out of like their stay and the day that they're there, um, you have like a connection with them anyway. And it's hard at first when like you're a new like student nurse or a new nurse or whatever, you may not know how to like go into a patient's room or how to speak to patients. Like for me, it was very awkward the first few times to go into a patient's room. And I was like, okay, what are we supposed to talk about? Or I'm about to do this assessment on them. And like, how do I ask them if it's okay to do an assessment on them? And you just learn over time how to like do those kinds of things. But I also feel like sometimes the patient feels as though their providers aren't listening to them or people don't listen to them, like people who aren't with them all the time, like the doctors, the nurse practitioner, the RT, they're not listening to them. So I've often been like a person next to a patient where the doctor is in the room and they're looking at me for confirmation or they're looking at me as like to be a support, so supportive person to them. And like for you to just be that person in the room with them that they are familiar with and they feel like you can kind of summarize what's going on in their care. I think that's a really big deal because I had a patient who was intubated, but she was awake. And so she just kind of felt like nobody was listening to her. No one really was understanding like what her wishes were. And, you know, it was me who had to kind of convey that to the providers that were taking care of her. Yeah, that's an awesome um, experience. Thank you for sharing. Um, and so, Brittany, you kind of already touched on this, but um, how have clinicals helped to prepare you for your future career in nursing? And then what struggles um, have you overcome when working with patients? Um, clinicals help prepare you because you apply like real, you, you apply like the textbook experience to a real world experience, if that makes any sense. Because for me, it's, it's, it was very easy for me to understand the material and to go in with like all of this knowledge, but then to actually apply it to a real person is completely different in my experience. And so we, um, we talk about like monitoring patients and doing like assessments and gathering data and stuff like that. And looking out for like signs of like distress or looking out for signs if the patient is deteriorating, but then to actually apply that to a person, it's really, it's, it's kind of weird. It's kind of a weird experience because the person has like emotions and feelings and they're talking to you. And like, you have a lot of other uh, extraneous factors and stuff gets like distracting. And so like, you kind of somewhat forget like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing like monitoring, like all this other stuff, but the patient's also talking to me and like their family's here and like the doctors are here and they're rounding. And like, you really have to like, compartmentalize your time or like maybe like your focus when you're like actually at the hospital and like um, you really do have to be present in a way where it's like okay I'm looking at my patient I need to figure out like what's going on with them and make sure that like they're doing okay but I also need to be this support person for them so I think that clinicals have prepared me because like I just feel more comfortable talking to patients I feel more comfortable like monitoring them and like getting assessments done and just helping out where I can, to be honest. Um, and all of that comes with time because the first few times, like, especially like when you're in a group, when you go in a clinical group, I'm precepting now, when you go in a clinical group, you kind of rely on like your peers. And so I feel like that can kind of be a crutch. And so when you're by yourself, um, you learn to be, you learn to be more autonomous. You learn to be, to troubleshoot better when you're by yourself and you can't really like rely on like your friends or rely on your clinical instructor um, to help you out of like a bind or to help you out in a situation where you're not completely familiar with it. Struggles that I may, may have had to overcome. I definitely have, would have to say like changing patients. I'm not, I wasn't that great with like um, 
changing patients when they've like soiled their sheets or soiled like themselves or whatever. But that was definitely something that you just have to get over it. You just have to get over it and you just have to do it. And so that was definitely a struggle for me. I remember talking to, I don't know if you guys know her, but Dr. Mitchell, like she was telling us about all of that, about like, you know, getting like feces on her watch and all this kind of stuff. And like that freaked us all out. And I remember talking to her, I was like, I don't know, Dr. Mitchell, like, what am I supposed to do? Like, like, what, am, like, what happens? Like, do I just like wash it off? Like what happens? She's like, you just power through it. And, you know, you just, that was one of the biggest struggles for me probably. Um, but now, I don't know, you just do it so often. You just kind of get in there, you get it done. You can't let your patients just sit in their own waste all day. So, you know, you gotta take care of them and you just get it done. And I think one of the great things about nursing that you that you kind of were speaking to, Brittany, is that nursing is a team sport. Um, like even with people, you know, that's one of the areas uh, we we call them a code brown. You know, and I'm just like, listen, if I've got one, someone's got to pitch in on, and I'm going to pitch in on theirs. And the same, you know, if someone codes, if certain things, and I think that being, especially in the initial stages of nursing and all of nursing, though, if you're a team player, the team will back you up. Do you know, if you pitch in when someone else is struggling, do you know that then when you're struggling, because it's going to happen, someone is going to pitch in and help cover for you. And I think right. that's, that's one of the biggest things I would think as a nurse. I'm like, be a team player, be a team player. Yeah. Being a team player, always be a team player. Don't be the person that's like, I'm not going to help anybody out. That's not my patient. Don't do that. <laughs> you know, go around, ask people if they need help, ask people you know, like you see someone in there struggling with a patient, trying to bathe them, go in there and help them. You know what I mean? Like everyone has their back. Like the floor that I'm on, everybody has each other's back. And like, I just kind of learned that like, that was the culture on the floor. And so I learned to go around, ask people if they need anything. I like, I'll do anything. Like any, it doesn't matter how big or small, I'll go ahead and do it and I'll help someone out because you never know when you're going to need another nurse's or another PCT's help um, while you're struggling too. I like what you said about being a team player. I think another perspective that a team offers to you is you have more opportunities to learn and to see things that you might not otherwise have gotten to see. So if you, they tell you to always be on your toes and always be willing to like get up and go like the extra mile at clinical. And I think that is really useful in the team aspect also. With clinical requirements and everything like that and the stress that comes with it, how do you deal with pre-test anxiety? And what study tips do you have or advise students to use? Um, Pre-test anxiety, I feel like that's just such a natural, it's just such a natural emotion to feel. Like I, I always get pre-test anxiety because I never know how it's going to go. But I would say you just really have to like find your zen, if that makes any sense. You know, especially when we used to take test like in person on campus. We don't anymore because because of COVID. But I never ever used to show up extremely early before a test because um, we we would stay in Lister Hill Library and we'd take the test in Lister Hill Library. And so like there's like this chamber where we'd all like sit before the test and like it's just so loud in there. And then like everybody's like cramming and studying. That's extremely stressful to me. So I don't show up early to test like that, I show up maybe like 10 minutes before so I can like evade all of that or I'll just show up with a pair of headphones and just kind of block everything out. I feel like if you've studied the material, you feel solid in the, in the material, then like you should, and you still have pre-test anxiety, that's perfectly fine. Just know that you'll go in, you know it, you know the material, you studied it and like, you'll be okay. Um, but that's how I kind of get around that. I know that other people have different tricks, you know, people do like to cram, people do like to study and that helps them, you know, help their pre-test anxiety, but that's just not what works for me. Um, and some study tips. So the biggest study tip that I can probably give people who are in nursing school or like about to go is kind of <laughs> forget what you know, if that makes any sense, because it's definitely not the same. Like regular undergraduate classes and then nursing school classes are like really different in my opinion, especially the tests. They're just really not the same at all. And the way I used to study and then the way I had to learn how to study when I was in nursing school is completely different as well. I could spend like 
maybe three days studying before a test, like before I enter nursing school and I could, I could know all of the material and I'd get like an A. And when I did that in nursing school, that just was not the case. So I really had to study for like understanding, if that made any sense, um, instead of like memorization, because memorization really helped me study when I was um, before nursing school. And sometimes memorization does help in nursing school. Like there are just some things that you just really do need to memorize because you just need to know it. But for the most part, if you understand like the content and you really dig deep and you really like spend like a week, maybe the whole, like the whole unit that you're studying, you spend the whole time that you've been studying that unit and you really understand what's going on, you'll do perfectly fine on the test. Like it's, the answers will come so easy to you. Like you don't need to know every single little detail, but if you can work through the problem and you can work through what the question's asking you, you'll do fine on the test. Um, it, there's all kinds of things like that you can do so that you can study and stuff like that. But I'd say the biggest one that helped me was really studying for like understanding what's going on. Like once I started doing that, like my test scores just went all the way up to be honest. Brittany made some excellent points. So from the other side of that as faculty and someone who specifically really likes teaching her students test taking techniques and skills, um, a couple of things, and Brittany spoke to it. I think that you can, up. nursing school is so different than everything else. Up until this point, you can be very successful in American academia doing two things. One, memorizing, and two, learning for recognition. I mean, like I'm, I, I, I could memorize really well when I was a student and then I could be like, oh, I, yeah, I remember I recognize that term. And nursing school is just like, no, you need to learn for application. You have to apply. So you're going to know a ton. You may memorize a ton of things and that's going to be one of it. And they're going to maybe be two or three different areas. And a nursing school question is not going to ask you the base. It's not going to ask you a simple, oh, hey, it, what's the answer? Is it A? It's like, no, it's not going to do that. It's going to want you to know, okay, part of a, this, this part of the STEM is A, this part of it is B. Now the next level, and this is where students sometimes struggle at first until they get used to it, is nursing school doesn't ask you what is the perfect answer. It asks you what's the best answer. The best answer may be in some ways an imperfect answer. Um, and the subtlety of, but why was C better than B is really tough for some students. And so I think Brittany spoke to it. I think that one of the things that's very helpful is know your style of, know your study skills. You know, what, what works for you? I myself, when I was in nursing school, I would review some with people, what people do study groups. I would do that a little, but it just derailed me at times because I'm a talker. I liked, I would get so distracted that I would only like, all right, I'm just going to do this for an hour or so just in case, but I have to just study by myself. Um, I think I needed to do that. I tell my students because I teach mental health. So there's a language to therapeutic communication. And I say two things. I'm like, with, with those, I'm like, get a voice in your head who, when you're reading the question, and, and it's a, in a quote, like which of these answers by the nurse is the best? I'm like, get a sympathetic voice in your head that reads those back. And I want you to remember why, you know, why was A better than B? I'm like, if someone said A to your mother, how would you feel? And the other thing I would tell students, I was just like, take a lot of questions, take a lot of questions with rationale. I am not wanting you to become a parrot. I want you to become someone that can apply. So if you know the rationale, this question will not throw you off when I tweak it. And heads up, I'm going to tweak it. Um, I really like what you just said. <laughs> I really do. Um, Quizlet is going to help you to a certain degree. And I think it'll definitely test students um, that do get into nursing school. Do I really want to do this? Do I want to take the time out to study all this time in order to apply this to, to life? Am I ready to be a nurse? I think that's huge. Yeah, um, thank you both for your advice. Um, I think that, you know, bringing in the aspects of, you know, what is your unique learning style is key. Um, figuring out, um, you know, what works best for you. For me personally, studying by myself 
is the best for me. And then after I've studied and prepared, I can study with other people and see if I can recall things. And, you know, for me, that works best. And, you know, to just figure out what works best for you, your unique style, um, I think is great advice. Okay, moving on to the next question. This question is just whoever wants to answer or has an input. What resources on campus do you know are available or you have used personally for clinical or test anxiety? I know for sure um, you can use the student like counseling services. I've personally used them before and I would talk to the counselor about anything. Like they'll, they'd ask me, I told them I was in nursing school and they'd ask me about nursing school. They'd ask me about clinicals. They asked me about how I was doing there mentally and all that kind of stuff. Like they'll talk to you about anything. And then also your professors. Like I've talked to professors all the time about things that would happen at clinical or things that like stress me while I was at clinical or test. If you talk to them and make an appointment with your professors, which I encourage you to do, um, like during their office hours, you can, I'm sure that they would talk to you about like <laughs> anything you'd want to, I suppose. They're there and like, they're there to help you. And you, we also have, um, advisors to like academic advisors you can talk to your advisor as well so I would get to know them as well they're to help you and like they honestly care about like how you're doing in nursing school and if you're struggling with anything like they want to know this question is for um Brittany and Carly I know last week Carly we were talking about mentors you can pick your mentors would you all say that that's a good test anxiety slash clinical relief um resource yeah for sure your your mentor is like that's like one of the best, the best like resources to use as well, because you can speak very candidly to your mentor because they've been through like the program too, especially if they're like in the fifth semester, like they'll tell it to you straight. Like they'll, you can talk, it's through text. You can text them or email them. And so like, they'll talk to you about anything, like they'll be candid and like, um, they'll give you advice and stuff like that. Like I talked to my mentor all the way up until she graduated basically. Um, and even after she graduated, I think I still talk to her. So I would use them as a um, resource as well, and they can definitely help you out too. I agree. I talked to my mentor probably before every single one of my exams. <laughs> That's probably a little excessive, but I'll just text her and be like, hey, how did you study for this class? Or how did you approach this class? What What did you find was like successful for you in this class? And it I like what you said about how like they can be like straight up with you. Like they'll tell it to you just exactly how it is. And so sometimes it's good to hear from older students who have gone through it and have like hear from their personal perspective. And I wanted to point out to you, one of the, the great things that we've done this semester in terms of Canvas is Canvas on the side has a section called UAB Cares. And it's broken down according to help for students, help for employees, get help now. And if you click on, you know, the UAB Cares on every single one of your Canvas courses, it's built in. Um, there'll be a section for help for students and it views all these great resources. I think you've said a couple of them, counseling services, uh, student counseling in crisis, student health, uh, Blazer Kitchen, student outreach, all kinds of just great resources at the university level for students that may be struggling. Yeah, thank you for mentioning that. Um you know, that can work for pre-nursing as well as nursing students or any student um, for that matter, um, just to know that that button is there. Um, you know, some people may look over it sometimes, but that's that's definitely a helpful resource. Um, and so to Brittany or um, Dr. Johnson, um, to you, what makes for a positive test prep slash test taking mindset? And then what things do you do to stay positive and make progress studying for tests to therefore battle some of that um, anxiety? Um, I think I like touched on this earlier when I said like I didn't show up early to test days or something like that. But for me, I like to feel pretty relaxed, you know. Um, I just I really, I really, really don't like going into test feeling like extremely anxious or really negative about a test. Even if I didn't study enough for the test and I know it, I still don't like going in with that mindset because you've pretty much already made up your mind that you're going to fail. And so that's just not, that's just not a good mindset to go in. So I think if you go in like just feeling not necessarily relaxed, but just like calm, like don't be super anxious. I think that's 
great. Like I know people who feel like really like amped before a test and they feel really just like they have so much like adrenaline, like they're about to jump off a cliff basically. I can't be around people like that before they take a test because like it just gets me like really jittery. And so I think like whatever you need to do to kind of mellow out before a test is something that you should do is you should do that like if you need to meditate or something or have a quiet time or read a book or something or just that's what I think you just have to find what works best for you um so uh, one of the things I think is really important is that you know we talk about students that cram and, and there are some people that that level of anxiety activates them um, but, but I say that not really when students are just like, no, I'm like, no, that's not really how the brain works. You've, you know, like, I think mild anxiety is, is, is wonderful and normal, even moderate. Moderate is probably the sweet spot of where you want to be in terms of activated. But if you do certain things, you are setting yourself up to be in severe or panic. And that's the worst place that you can be because you cognitively, you're not thinking, period. And so little things, I had a student tell me last week that he's just like, because I know, you know, nursing school is so tough and there's so much information. I'm really working towards only sleeping three hours a night. And I'm like, you need to stop that right now. I'm just like, that's not going, I'm just like your brain. I don't care if maybe you can do it for two or three weeks. You need sleep. You need good nutrition. You need to be going to, to the rec center or or walking, or, you know, physically still being active. This cannot be the only thing on your plate. Yes, it's a, it's probably the priority, but it can't be your only priority. As a matter of fact, you are your priority. I completely agree with that, for sure. I feel like everyone always asks, like, nursing students, like, about, like, studying and, like, how to, you know, be a better better at studying but like also like what dr johnson just said like sometimes you just need to like take some time for yourself and like treat yourself and do self-care because nursing school is hard it's really hard and if you've studied like enough or you've gotten to a stopping point for that day and you're studying do something other than studying like do something that you enjoy to do like if that's watching movies doing a hobby, you know, watching YouTube, reading, whatever, go and do that for sure. And you need to find something that piques your interest other than nursing school. And don't skip out on sleep. Please, like, no, sleep is so important. I'm so about my sleep that like, I will stop at a certain point in my day, even if I don't feel 100%, I'll stop at a certain time of night and I will go to sleep. And even I want to go back to like, getting into a positive mindset so if I'm in the middle of a test and I feel like I'm kind of in that panic mode of anxiety that Dr. Johnson was talking about, I will literally like sit during my test, like for a minute or two, and I'll just close my eyes and I'll just like take a deep breath and I'll just be like, it's okay. Like, just let it all out for sure. You can do that. There's plenty of time during the test. Just take a minute to just regroup. And I do it all the time and I'll just get right back into the test when I'm done and like. I kid you not, like, I literally feel so much better. Like all of the anxiety pretty much just kind of like melts away. And I feel like I can think so much better. Like my mind just clears. Yeah. And Brittany, I mean, that's wonderful that you, that you've come to that on your own. Cause it's something I actually tell my students to do is I give them, we have a sheet of paper, like in that, you know, there's scratch paper. I always have it out for students. And I tell them, I'm like, I, when I was a student, I use that as a grounding mechanism. So if I feel in the middle of this test, oh, you know, that, that my anxiety is getting bad or I'm like, I did not know that last question and I don't know this question. Before you start to spiral, I will tell students, ground yourself. Do you know, make sure, put your feet on the ground, do some biofeedback, really breathe deep, use that piece of paper as a grounding tool. If you need to write a couple of things that you know are facts, do you know, you're just like, because when that you're kind of spiraling, you're like, I don't know anything. If you need to write potassium is this, chloride is this, and give yourself a second to be like, calm down. You do know information. The stuff is in your head. Get out of your own way. That's great advice. And especially, you know, for, for students who are in nursing school right now, and also for pre-nursing students, just to know that ahead of time, just to have that, um, you know, deep breath moment to be like, okay, I'm going to put my mental health first right now, take a deep breath and start back at it. Um, I think that's, that's awesome advice. 
Um, this next question is for Brittany. I know you already said that you are, I think you said you're in your fifth semester of nursing school. Um, you already touched on some tips and tricks of how to cope with stress and everything. But if you can, can you think of something that you wish you would have known earlier on in your nursing school journey, referring to specifically tests or clinical anxiety? Yeah, so I am a fifth semester. Um, things I wish I would have known. Probably, I kind of wish someone would have told me that, like, the tests are harder <laughs> than it is in, like, the undergraduate classes, like I said before. Um, but that's something that you just learn. I also kind of wish that, like, someone may have told me that, like, I guess with clinical is it just, you just have to go in and just know that, like, you're still a student. So, of course, like, you're not going to know everything. You're there to learn. And, like, you don't need to feel like, you need to like impress anybody. You don't need to feel like you need to know every single little thing and stuff like that. Just know that like you're still a student, like you're still learning and stuff like that. And you don't need to know everything. But for the most part, I feel like a lot of the stuff in nursing school, you just kind of learn through experience and stuff like that. There's just so much to know that like, if people were to warn you about things in nursing school, I mean, they'd probably be talking to you like all day, if that makes any sense. I think one important thing to um, note is last week, um, the SNA president, Joshua, he was talking about how there's always going to be students that struggle a little bit more than you, and there's always going to be students that are a bit smarter than you. They know a bit more. So it's important to know your whys, like what you said, and understand that you need to find things that work for you. For sure. And I would say with that, like, what he said is true. There's always going to be people who do worse than you and people who do better than you. And you're probably thinking of the people who do better than you all the time. But then like, um, at the end of the day, you just kind of have to go at your own pace and like not really listen to that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's definitely important to um, stay in our own lanes and worry about ourselves. Because he also said that um, at the end of the day, we sit down and we take the same exam. We all are studying for the NCLEX. And at that point, it's not about, <laughs> you know, if your friend got a 90 or not. It's about what you have put in. You know, and I think, and I've told students this before too, when they worry about their grades and, and being comparative, I'm like, yeah, there, there is a standard period, period. We've got to maintain a certain GPA. There is a standard. But I think a lot of students come in being high achievers, thinking they need a 4.0. And I'm like, you're wrong. Like you, yeah, I mean, like not that, I think it's a great goal to shoot for, but you don't need to have it build up with such anxiety in your head that it becomes a dysfunctional goal. Because the other thing is this is, and I, when students are, you know, worried about, yeah, but this person made this grade and I, and I'm like, okay, let me, let me bring it back to you. What is your goal? Tell me what your goal is. Is it really to have a 4.0? Or is it to pass the NCLEX and become a great nurse? Because if, if, if you're telling me it's to have a 4.0, then you should have majored in something else. And, and that doesn't mean that I think that people need to like uh, not try to live up to their potential. But nursing school is such a difficult program. It is. It's, it's the hardest degree to earn. When you look at clinical hours and tests, all of that builds up. It, it really is. And I think that sometimes... What I would tell myself as a student is, you know what, sometimes being a B student is enough because being a B student still means I can be an A plus nurse. Uh, thank you, Dr. Johnson, for saying that. For me personally, it always is a hanging over my head feeling to have that perfect 4.0. Um, but recently I've started to come to terms with that. It's okay. You know, B is okay. Um, it, it just, for me, I don't know, maybe it's a little bit of perfectionism or maybe it's just me trying to be, you know, the best that I can be, but at the end of the day, you know, having a B isn't the end of the world. So thank you for saying that. Okay. So this question is for Dr. Johnson. I know you already kind of talked about that you do mental health and psych and women's health, but what characteristics have you seen in successful students in your class? Like what is a common characteristic that they all seem to have? Um, a couple, you know, a couple of things. I think that they come prepared. And I think we've already talked about that. But even, you know, I had years ago and an, a student who was in my psych clinical and I could tell she was very apprehensive and she didn't really, you know, this was not the area that she was going to go into. She was anxious about it. And I kind of do an orientation, a pretty intensive orientation about what I like, the certain things I've seen and my process for interviewing patients. And she was feverishly taking notes. And then the next day she came 
with the notes in a form where she was directly going to ask the patients in that exact form that I had told her. She'd rewritten it. And the other students were just like, and, and I did, I kind of razzed her for a second. I was just like, oof, look at that. Hell, you know, I'm just, and she was like, well, and I was like, I was like, I'm just, I'm being funny with you. But the truth is, I think this is excellent. You have prepared yourself for an area that you are acknowledging. You're a little bit worried about. That is the best thing you can do. That is the, you know, I was like, so, so here's the thing is, I know you're going to rely on this at first. And then by the, by the latter stage of this clinical, you'll probably have it memorized. And then you can, you know, incorporate parts of you into it. And then you can get to the art of nursing. So I think this is great. And so I think they're prepared. I mean, that, that to me is, is a big thing. I think uh, other successful students that I've seen, they understand, and this is again, something that's very different about nursing school as compared to other undergraduate programs. Nursing school builds. I, I majored in biology my first go around. I, I, I came to nursing as my second degree, actually my third degree. Um, I didn't understand that, oh, I was used to, when I was a biology major, I can take a course and then, or I can take a test. And then during the course of the test, I could feel the information slowly seeping out of my ear. And, and then two weeks later, you could ask me about content I made an A on, and I wouldn't be able to tell you. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what the Krebs cycle is anymore. Like, I'm just like, but you made an A on that. I was like, yeah, but that was two weeks ago. You can't do that for nursing school. So you have to. So I tell students all the time, I'm like, you know, in this course, I need you to set aside a binder that really just has the key points I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you a lot of stuff that's important for this course and you need to know it for this course, but there's going to be a 30% to a 50% that you are going to need to, it's going to thread all the way through your nursing school program. And you need to establish a binder that just says stuff you'd better know for nursing school and, and, you know, put in sheets for, for that, for every single course and make sure you understand it builds. Students will be like, are we gonna be tested on this stuff again? I'm like, yeah, you're gonna be tested on this, every one of my tests in some ways. And guess what? You're gonna be tested on it third semester, fourth semester, fifth semester. I like what you said about being prepared. Um, I feel like you may not always be like the smartest person there and you may not necessarily like the field that your clinical is in, but I think that's something that we can all do. We're all students, we all know how to prepare for class. And that's something that's achievable for us. And so I really like how you said that. Can I also say that there's a lot of stuff that we learned in class that I also forgot. And then like when I went to the hospital, I was like, oh, that was really like applicable <laughs> to like right now. I completely forgot about it. So I, there, yeah, for sure. No, like certain things, like they will pop up again, even the most like obscure things I've seen, like we learned like really obscure things I felt like before. And then like, it was mentioned at the hospital or happened to a patient. I'm like, Oh, okay. Okay. So yeah, just remember a lot of things, all of that. And so um, Dr. Johnson, you've kind of already touched on this and Brittany, you can jump in um, if you want to. So um, in what ways have you witnessed students um, succeeding in their course? You know, maybe specifically, you know, is it that thorough preparation, you know, is it group studying? Is it utilizing those study resources? I do think, yeah, that that is is all part of it is, but it's also, I mean, here's the thing that I think is, is interesting and is very neat for you. You've been successful. Do you know it's hard to get into nursing school? So you've been successful. So you do know certain things that work for you. You really do. And being able to utilize that and and push that maybe a step further, pull in some other stuff because this is a little different. But if you were, I was a rewrite my notes and color code them. Um, and, and it's something that I learned to do when I was 14 years old. Um, and so if that's what works for you, do it. Um, I, I always think it's interesting when students, when they don't do as well an exam and, and they come to my office or for right now we're doing Zoom where we talk about things. And I will always have one or two that said, I thought, you know, I usually I used to do it this way, but I thought I'd try it this way. And I'm like, that's probably not going to. Why do you know? I mean, I'm like, you probably should continue to do the thing that works for you, maybe add additional things, but always still do. If this is what's worked for you for 15 years, why stop now? Um, so I think that they, they kind of do, they have, and they have good insight about what kind of learner they are. 
And I always think too, within nursing school, and this is one of the things I used the other day when I was explaining this to my um, students. I was like, if you, have I met students that truly did not need me as an instructor, that they could have just read the book and taken the test and, and they probably could do, they could take the NCLEX right now. They can just read an NCLEX prep book and they can take the NCLEX and probably pass it. Yeah, I probably met though in my career, one in 500. If you think you are the one in 500, you are wrong. And let me tell you how I know you're wrong. The one in 500, don't ever think they're the one in 500. They always prepare as if they are not that smart. Also, what I'm trying to say is, is that like people who like come into nursing school, we all got into nursing school because like, you know, we did well in our prerequisites or whatever. And like, we did all the things that we needed to do to get here. But I've seen people who like, they just didn't, they just couldn't make it through. Like they didn't study, they didn't try, or like they let like one test just kind of like knock them down. Don't be that person either. You know, and I think too, and, and Brittany speaking to this, better to over-prepare, especially your first semester, especially your first test, than to under-prepare. Because here's the truth. We keep talking about how difficult nursing school is. And again, I'm, I'm in a, you know, I'm faculty. I'll tell you, it's not easy. But I will tell you, I don't make it easy on purpose. And, and I don't mean that I want to see students fail. That's not it at all. I would love to see every single person reach their potential and reach their dream. But here's what I, I know. You have decided to major and enter a profession that really, I don't want to say the buck stops with us, but we are sometimes the last line between people and, and safety. We, you're majoring, you're going into an area that it is vital that you know what to do. You know, I am not a bedside nurse anymore. I look at every single one of my students as an extension of myself, that their patients are my patients. And if I produced a product that I kind of in the back of my head knew, I was like, they're not very safe. They're not very good. Then I just think, what if they were taking care of my loved ones? And I can say, I can really say, I'm like, I, I have never had a student that I wouldn't let take care of my loved one. And that's kind of the power of our school of nursing is that when, we, when you are finished, when you survive this very hard major, you should take great pride in it. I couldn't agree with what you said more about ever preparing for a test. If I had one piece of advice for like incoming uh, nursing school students, you need to over prepare for it because you, you don't know what to expect. And I also liked what Brittany was saying about how you can't get so bogged down in yourself if you do bad on a test and let yourself spiral. I've done really bad on tests before and then come back and made a perfect hundred on tests. And I think what really separate, that's what really separates a good student is because you, you might do bad, but then you have to sit down and remind yourself like, okay, I may not have done good, but what can I do better next time? Like, should I go to my teacher's office hours more? Should I, I read the book. Should I go to these tutor sessions? Should I take more notes? And I think that's really what makes you a good nursing student. I'd also say, Carly, it's what makes you a good nurse. You're not going to save every patient. You are going to have some things that went wrong. And it really comes down to, all right, what can I do better next time? No one, no one is asking you to be a perfect nurse. No one's asking you to be a perfect nursing student. But we are asking you when things go go wrong? How can you work to improve? I think that was all the questions we had, but um, thank you both for all of your advice, um, you know, digging into the nitty-gritty details and also, you know, towards the end, taking a step back, you know, zooming out for a second and looking at the big picture, um, you know, for, for why we're in this whole thing is to be good nurses, um, good students first, and then secondly, good nurses. Thanks for having us on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, it was fun. Best of luck with everything in your future. Um, and go Blazers. So some of the key things that I took away from this from this podcast was to be empathetic and recognize distress. That is what Dr. Johnson was talking about. It's important to stay emotionally in touch with your patients, especially during clinicals to teach you how to basically work with them in the future um, as an actual nurse. It's important to recognize and understand and believe um, and try to empathize or just simply sympathize with their pain and what they're going through.
and listen to them. Be a presence is a, a huge thing that she talked about. Simply sitting there and, and being with them while they're endure their pain or cry or whatever it is that you have to do. I think that's that's huge. Yeah, something else that I wrote down from that um, specific part of our conversation was um, Dr. Johnson mentioned that the thing that will save you is your therapeutic communication. Um, and just to have those silent moments and to take a step back and say, okay, I need to put the facts away for a second and look at the, the mental aspects of the situation and listen to my patient. Something that I really t- took away from it, and this is something that I personally really struggle with, is um, you don't always have to be like the best. You don't always have to have like that 4.0, like she was saying, like, this is nursing school. This is, this is real. And so I think something that I have to remind myself of is like, all I can do is like the best that I can. And I'm going to take some of the resources that they gave us about like anxiety and stress and how to study for class into my personal life. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that, I think a huge thing that I have to take away is um, knowing that sometimes I like what she said, or Dr. Johnson said, sometimes they're going to be, people are going to be academically better, academically better than you. But in five years, are they going to be practically better than you? Are they going to be better nurses than you? Just because they get hundreds on every test. Don't, don't, don't be too hard on yourself. And I'm really talking to myself here. Um, it's okay if, if they get better grades. Focus on being, becoming a better, a better nurse. Yeah. And speaking more on that, like the mental side of things, um, Brittany said, pretest anxiety is natural. It's a natural thing. And she said to find your Zen. And I thought that was so cool. I just, I'm a quotes person again. I said that on our last podcast, Um, but just find your Zen, you know, find what uniquely works for you and do that. One more thing that, um, that Dr. Johnson really spoke to really, what I really heard from her was nursing is a team sport. When I do start working on nursing floors and when I do become a nurse, uh, you're, you're working together. It's a team effort. I think also um, the perspective that um, Brittany gave, she said to be that supportive person in the room. And so since, you know, nursing is a team sport, I feel like the whole um, of our medical professionals, you know, work as a team, you know, the doctors, the PCTs and the nurses in the room are all a team. And so you being the nurse in the room, be that supportive person. Thanks for listening. This is the Anatomy and Nursing School. Our next episode will feature a discussion on finding and utilizing resources to stay mentally healthy through your nursing school journey. Stay tuned.